Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 30, Deep Dives into Melee. Let's get to the podcast. And a very happy Wednesday to you, too. Wednesday morning, if you happen to listen to this as soon as it gets released, but that's on the earlier side of when I put out podcasts. However, I'm very happy that you are here, very happy that you are returning into the fold of Bottom of the Smash Mountain listening podcast lore. Uh, You know what? Let's just talk about how Gimme Dat Wheat, that's right, Wheat from Melee Stats is here to talk about all things Melee, deep dives, and more. And if you want a little bit of a teaser, eventually I do ask Wheat why there are no rollback rankings, the quote-unquote official rollback rankings from the MPGR. So, you know, it's like a clickbait thing. It's like a, oh, man, I have to listen to this whole podcast. You can't even give me a timestamp. No, I'm not going to give you a timestamp. This is my podcast. I can do whatever I want with it. Although, I am accepting feedback, too. So, if you have that, <laughs> if you have that, you are more than welcome to give it to me. So, let's go ahead and get to this interview. Thank you so much for being here. Here's Wheat. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Gimme Dat Wheat, who does many, many things, but one of the cool things that we'll get into here as we talk is that Wheat is a contributor to the pgstats.com by way of writing articles. So you can read the most recent article that Wheat wrote, which was called the Forgotten Year, Storylines from Melee's 2020 Offline Tournaments. Wheat, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. I'm very happy to be here. You know, uh, I've been looking at your list of wonderful guests, and I've been liking what I've been seeing. You know, you have been uh, picking some great people, and you're working your way up the Melee podcast conglomerates. Uh so, you know, you, you had the one of these and, and then you had the wonderful boys at Austin Melee. So I'm happy that you finally reached us here at Melee Stats. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you haven't gone to Analog or uh, the mix up yet. So I guess, you know, that's where we slate lower than them. But uh, it's OK. It's you, you got to know where you are. And, and this is a little bit of a reality check for me. And it's it's also read the room, right, because you're. For me, when I started out off with this podcast, I thought I want to be the voice of someone who is among the lines of the O and two crowd or among the lines of people who like being spectators of melee but have never really played as much of the game that have even gone to a tournament. So that's my story. And I thought there's probably other people who might enjoy that perspective. And even if not, it's something that I wanted to do. So it's been great. Like you said, a lot of people have been really nice shout outs to Austin Melee and the wannabes podcast as well. Everybody that I've had on has been super nice so far. And I appreciate you willing, being willing, excuse me, to come on as well. Of course. I mean, I assume that the $100 check for my appearance fee is going to clear any day now. <laughs> any day. I, I always get mixed up with my PayPal and Venmo accounts. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, sure. I, I'm sure it won't be that long. And if it is, there's a lateness fee. So, I'm not too worried. <laughs> so, I wanted to uh, start with the 
the beginning, if you'll humor me, the start of when Melee came to be a bigger part of your life. And you can pick that up from wherever you would like. So the origin story, more or less, how did Melee sure. come to be part of your story, Wheat? Yeah, so I, I've been uh, listening to your podcast, and I like when people start from the very beginning. Um, so we'll quickly flash forward, but to start May 14th, 1995, a small suburb in Boston, Massachusetts, a family and friends are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the birth of someone to be known as Edwin Budding. And in a different part of the world, in a small suburb of the Philadelphia area, I am born, connected spiritually to uh, Edwin Budding. Um, and then, however many years later, look at us now. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> go on. No, it's just the Paul Rudd meme. Hey, look at us. Look at us, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I feel like that is a, a pretty good summation of everything that I've accomplished in Melee, uh, if you want to call it an accomplishment. So I got into Melee for, you know, I, I'm old enough where I, I played the game uh, when it came out. I loved it. Typical Kirby Roy dual main, um, as you are wont to be, you know, when you're playing when you're seven or eight. Um, and then I always loved the Smash uh, series when Brawl came out. I, I think I played that so much. Like, I don't even remember any like i don't have specific nostalgia for it but i'm sure if i popped in the disc it'd say some ungodly number of hours uh and then i really fell off until they announced smash 4 around that time i was kind of going on reddit uh and i saw that there was a reddit for smash and the cool thing about the smash brothers reddit is it's not really focused entirely on like just hey here's this like cool character like isn't it, here's like a funny meme um you know sometimes you might see that on on different subreddits uh but it it really is a lot of the competitive side of melees or, or smash as well and i've always been someone who's been so enamored with like just doing a deep dive into whatever uh you know when i was 12 or or 11 or something like that i knew everything about sports i didn't know anything about sports the year before and then like you know going from fourth to fifth grade or whatever it was i just learned everything i could about the nba about the nfl about mlb uh nhl a little bit too anything there was out there to learn i wanted to know about and i think that kind of is the reason why when i found like melee um, there's so much that you can dig into. And I was able to just keep digging, keep, like keep getting further in, uh, and eventually was able to find a group of people that cared as much as I did, which in Melee is not that surprising, right? Oh, certainly not. There are a lot of people, as I have discovered for myself, going into conversations with different people that I've had on the podcast in particular, but just in general of how this community is filled with people who like Melee, and maybe they're a little bit low-key about it, but they really do truly love the game. And one of the things that proves that is Five Days of Melee, certainly. That's just one example. For sure. Th throwing that together in about two weeks, and it was an amazing, it was amazing 
24 hours all the way Monday through Friday cycle of entertainment. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, like that that's that was an incredible event. Uh, I was happy to work on it. Also, uh, I would like to say I think I was one of the first five people on that discord server. I think it ended up being like two or three hundred people. And I was like, literally uh, every single person was more known than I was. But uh, I was there. Oh, no, but you were still there very early there. on. Let's go. Wheat. Um, so that was a very fun thing to be a part of and to work on. Um, but like even then, it might not be five days of melee level, but melee has seen time and time again, year after year, of just people pouring dedication and passion uh, into like whatever project for whatever back. Right? Like <laughs> I did a podcast for uh, melee and one that is on you know, whatever the bands call it, where they're like, we might get back together at some point, you know, some sort of hiatus. Uh, and you know the same thing, right? Like, I'm not, we're not doing this for money. We're doing it just because we love the game. And our next step of loving the game is proclaiming it from the top of the mountain or from the bottom of the mountain, I should say. Hey, I want to give you some credit. It's not did a podcast. You're doing a podcast. It's on a little bit of a hiatus, like you said, and looking forward to the eventual return because I would love to be a current listener of it i haven't gone back and listened to a whole lot of episodes that that happened in the past but love to have that come back into the fold at some point but you know no pressure no pressure <laughs> it's <laughs> it's in the uh you know it's in the cards eventually it's it's a tough year to really really talk about melee like all the time uh although i am watching melee all the time so <laughs> that hasn't changed uh but yeah we'll, we'll in the next five years, we'll, we'll see the return of the Melee Stats podcast. Do you have my guarantee on that? <laughs> 2025, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, that was one of the things, you know, I, I've contributed to Melee in a few different ways, and, and, and we can probably get into that. But that was always a fun one. Uh, one that, oddly enough, you know, wasn't my top priority, uh, even when I was doing the melee stats deep dives which was the podcast that i did as the solo host you know we had the melee stats podcast which was the live version uh where you would have you know you could have anyone from the collective it was usually uh save us untitled you know uh great guy who took a little break from melee um or edwin budding you know but that was those were always so fun to be on but oddly enough you know it was never my top priority do more than just the melee stats podcast though like you said you've had your hand in a few different things and i would love to talk about where you sort of got started in the community where it's just not just sorry it's not just you going oh cool wow look at all this reddit stuff oh wow Com competition in in this specific game and then you think well is anybody keeping track of stats or are you saying to yourself, how, how are you saying to yourself, I want to do a deep dive on this game and the competition that is part of it? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think I do this for a lot of things. And I think melee is like really a great thing to do this with because um, so many people are passionate, but I'll get into something and then you get into something and everyone likes it, right? You know, you like the thing that everyone likes and then you're like, I like this so much. I want to, dig deeper and the assumption is that everyone else who likes it is going to care as much right it's like wow everyone likes this band and it's like oh i guess as i'm discovering their b-sides 
or their bootlegs or whatever. It's like everyone must be doing this with me. But then at, at one point you like look around and, and no one cares anymore, and you're just <laughs> kind of on your own. Um, but with melee, you know, it was one of those things where I knew the top, I, I knew the gods. Uh, that's how you get in. Everyone knows the gods, and then you get a little further and you kind of learn the people who are top ten. Uh, and then I, I'm going further and further down and I'm like suddenly knowing people who aren't con- in contention for top 100 and, and like I look around and no one cares. Uh, but through Reddit, it was actually a comment that I made um, through Reddit. Uh, I had a group of people start the Melee Stats conglomerate, you know, whatever you want, collective, uh, because I talked about why Plup should be ranked over SFAT in 2016, no doubt in my mind. And I dumped all of these stats on it. <laughs> and someone pointed them out. They're like, hey, is, you know, we should do something on this. This seems super cool. Uh, and that was Oven, who is maybe not one of the more well-known members of Melee Stats. You know, someone like I think Ambi Sinister and, and Edwin Budding are, are a little more uh, known in the Smash community. But yeah, I mean, just like having other people who cared as much as I did was such a, a revelation and such an amazing thing to have around me. To affirm the fact that, hey, I'm I'm sort of there with you and it'd be cool if we continued to see where we can take this because it is sort of being that super fan, if you will. The way that you express your your passion for something is to not just go, oh yeah, I know who Mango is because anyone who knows Melee has to at least be vaguely aware of Mango. But yeah, more than that, it's to your point, knowing top 10, top 100, top 300, and just knowing who the up and coming players are, who's starting to back off, back away from competing in tournaments. And so the first thing where you felt like somebody else was out there who felt the same way you did specifically was the plup over S fat argument that you <laughs> dropped on a Reddit thread. Yeah, actually at, you know, at that point I had, uh, whatever it, you know, was happening in 2015. I, I was very into melee. That was the first year that I was watching stuff live as it happened. Uh, 2014, I knew about it and I knew the players, but like, was too dumb to realize that it was happening concurrently (laughs) like as i'm seeing like wow mango won this thing i'm like too dumb to realize that i could have watched that i could have watched (laughs) the summer of smash because i literally came in right after uh you know the first big tournament that i watched live was big house four but i remember you know this is just a testament to like even back then i was so uh like hungry I would watch locals and I didn't even I like who knows the game back then. I knew the top five players, but I'm watching fat Goku play eggs at some Oregon local. And I'm just as enthralled just because I'm watching it live. And, and that's something that I did for, you know, continuing up until now uh, when we had in-person locals. If I had nothing to do during like a weekend night, dude, I'm putting up four different Twitch streams. I want to see lemon juices play game boy jr at a wichita local like that that's so up my alley (laughs) let's go Um, i guess i'm putting you on the spot here but i'm almost i i have to ask i'm sorry i want to see i want to see how deep this goes uh and this is not meant to call you either a bad 
deep diver or a good deep diver because you already are. Let me make that clear. You already are an amazing <laughs> deep diver. But did you ever in the the pre-COVID era watch any central Pennsylvania locals like Saps or Raise the Bar events? You know what? So I am going to uh I, I might not pass the flying colors, but I'm going to pass in a different way. So, of course, I've watched uh, Saps. Um, I don't think I've ever said it out loud, but uh, uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun little region. Um, I'm actually from, you know, like I said, I'm from the Philadelphia area. Uh, I have friends who went to Penn State. I've been to Penn State myself. I, you know, honestly, never been to a tournament at Penn State. Uh, the Smash Valley ones always look good, uh, but was never able to really go out to one, make time for it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've watched some saps and then the thing that you might, this might get you, maybe I'm wrong, uh, in at, man, was it Genesis? It was six or seven. I took a, the flight to, uh, San Francisco. Nagy was on my flight, Delaware, uh, Marth player. Uh, and I get there in San Francisco and I'm just like lost. I don't know how to get to Oakland. And I actually run into two people from the Lehigh Valley. So maybe not exactly your area, but but somewhat, you know, in the general scheme of things. Close enough. And the fact that you have watched a Smash at Penn State event and, and of course, knew a few people around that area as well. I thought that that might be the case, especially because it helps, like you said, coming out of Philly. That's a, that is a big deal. So... If if two thousand end of two thousand fourteen mid two thousand fifteen was when you were starting to really dive deep into melee and the players, were you concentrated on the players themselves, or were you did you have any sort of interest in analyzing characters, frame data, like the stereotypical Mewtwo King thing, right? Where we, Mewtwo King writes this the the book of melee more or less, not not to say that edwin budding's book of melee book is <laughs> not a an, it is an amazing book and it was actually published unlike mewtwo king's 2000 page or whatever uh, yeah uh, we'll see when exercise. that tome finally gets released <laughs> oh yes uh, and mewtwo king is still yet to release the 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 i i honestly feel like there should just be a series don't put pressure on yourself to continue to write into that book right but just write a book push it out and go all right we'll see you in two years for the second book <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know what that could possibly say in a mutual king book i i'm so like curious in, in a way where i don't really want to read it but i it's like maybe it's like a car crash like i don't, I don't think i could stop reading but I, I was trying to basically ask, were you concentrated more on the players or did, were, did, were you, did you say that you're more concentrated on the characters in the earlier days of you deep diving into Melee? Um, yeah, I mean, so like 2015, you know, late 2014, it, it was watching Melee, which was always fun. Uh, but whenever I, I cared about keeping track of anything, it was always players performance. Um. Yeah, the frame data stuff, I, I respect the people who do that so much, but that's not me. I don't think I am smart enough to comprehend how to do that, to like, you know, see all this different stuff and, and understand that Melee is so cool because it's dynamic, right? It's a, everything we see 
one or two inputs on the other end, it could be completely different, right? DI uh, and just the combo trees that we have are so freeform. Um, so I don't think I'm smart enough to figure that out. So I, I kept myself to following individual players. And at the end of 2015, I was like, you know what? This is going to take a lot of work. But starting 2016, I'm going to keep track of every set that is played between top 50 players. And I actually had like more ambition. I was like keeping track of people from Europe, keeping track of people from Japan. Like I, I was at that point where I didn't know um, the value of my effort. <laughs> <laughs> that, that like maybe spending like an hour or two translating the names on a battle gateway bracket, uh, only to see that like you know Jap- Japan's like a really cool region, but. Uh, is it worth my time to find out that like tapioca's 2-0 on KF in 2016 or something? You know, I, I don't know that that might not be true, but see, that's the thing. Who cares if it's true or not? No one's going to call me on it. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a little bit of a line to walk, but I think you were more excited in that time to discover that you weren't necessarily the only person who was willing to go that deep. So my I guess my next question is Going into 2016, you had that goal of trying to keep track of top 50, playing against each other results. But when does Edwin Budding come in? Because I think we've teased that long enough. Let's talk about <laughs> when that first started to happen. Was it 2016? Yeah, well, that was the end of it. You know, like I made that comment on Reddit, that famous comment. Um, and Oven and I, we start a Melee Stats Discord server and it's like hey who wants to join this and we get a couple people who come in and no one really cares it's like a niche within a niche uh within a niche because it was in the reddit daily discussion thread uh which i don't i guess that still exists on rssbm but that was like a whole thing of its own like i would check that every day um so we had a few people and at that point we were just reaching out to anyone who we thought would care so I just kind of like cold called Edwin Buddy. I, I like DM'd him on Reddit. I was like, hey, why don't you join this? Um, I did the same with Pikachu942 because they had their Smash history stuff. They were right at the end of 2016, maybe maybe in the middle of 2016. They were writing articles about like who's the best player of this year or so, like who was the best player in 2007. Um yeah, that was the start of the retro SSBM rank stuff, I believe. And yeah, like we we get them to join, um, get a couple more people. Ambus Sinister joins. He actually, I emailed him at his Yale email address. I don't know even why that was the easiest way for me to contact him. Uh, and he doesn't look at it. He thinks it's spam. And I, <laughs> I like send another one and then have Edwin vouch for me because they're we're both at Connecticut at the time. They're uh, in Connecticut. Uh, and yeah, that was kind of the start of it. It was, we had all these lofty ambitions, but and it was a kind of a big friend group. It was just like a way to talk about Melee to people who also really cared about Melee. And it sounds to me like you were sort of one of the individuals just doing the call to actions and recruiting. That's kind of a big deal, Wheat. No, I mean, I am the, the father of Melee Stats, of course. Of course. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, it was such a cool experience to just be around people who also cared as much 
And it took a little while for us to actually start realizing that our fandom might have some value to other people. Uh, Practical Task was the one who told us, it's like, why don't you guys make a podcast? You guys talk about Melee all the time. Um, I don't think we're the most knowledgeable people in terms of Melee. I, I would never say that. There's so many people who I know who can rattle off like PRs off the top of their head. Dark Gen X, uh, Stock, one of the Shine TOs. Um, you can ask them like, oh, who's seventh currently in Iowa? And I, I swear they'll tell you. Uh, seventh in Iowa might be, oh, no, he might be sixth. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like they, they'll just like rattle off random stuff like that. Uh, but we realized that there was some value in just a bunch of people who were nerds and could speak about stuff in a nerdy way. So we teamed with Save Us Entitled and we make that Melee Stats podcast. And I don't know. I think we're like too small to say the rest is history, but that was the start of us becoming like a public entity in a way. And a an important contributing voice to the storylines of these players that are vouching for a number one in the world and also for number 253 in the world. <laughs> I think the number one was a more of a save as a title thing. He had a really good uh, finger on the pulse of what people wanted to hear. I think that the way that we've succeeded and failed as melee stats is not caring about that. Um, even like the videos that we make on the melee stats channel are starkly different in tone and, and just like content than someone like turned down for Walt. Like I think the quality of our videos, uh, Melee Stats and Walt, I think we both put out great products. Um, he He's able to pump out quality stuff so quickly as a one-person team that I will never not be amazed by that. Um, and, like, he's doing, like, a lot of great stuff. Like, him and Save would just be, like, no messing around, you know, cut the crap, here's the best Melee player or the story of the best Melee tournament. Uh and I think we were too much of nerds to do that. You know, me, Ambie, and Edwin. Uh, instead, we tell stories about, we like make huge videos on sets that like literally don't matter. If they'd never happened, Melee would not change. And would argue on the podcast about like whether the 32nd seed should have been seeded 28th or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely a, a different mindset. Um, than, than those people who I respect a lot. But about the YouTube channel for Melee Stats, there are some great videos. Michael versus Bananas comes to mind, but there's also a video of Safe State versus Armada. And before anyone who's listening to this gets super excited, it's not a grand final set. It's literally in pools for SmashCon 2019, if I recall correctly. That's a great 2018, video. but you know. Sorry, what? 2018. Oh, I'm such an idiot because Armada retired right after that tournament. That was his last one in 2018. You're right. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> uh, but oh the, God, is the it 2017? Most... Now I, it's 2017. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 2018. It's tw- I'm sorry, it's 2018. It's his last <laughs> tournament. Oh, I see. L- this is what quarantine does to us. Quarantine, I yes. I don't know what year it is. It's uh, like that stuff feels as old as MLG stuff felt when I got into the scene. Well, it'll certainly it will certainly get there one way or another. <laughs> yeah. But the most recent video might possibly be my favorite. It's so hard to 
pick favorites here, especially since I'm talking to someone who was behind the scenes and helping to make these videos. But the most recent one is Why Mewtwo King Lost to Bowser, which is a great, that's a great title. And <laughs> the thumbnail, you know, <laughs> of Bowser yeah, winning it, over Mewtwo King on the bracket image. <laughs> that's such an amazing thing. Uh, one of the videos that I have the least input on, so I appreciate you picking that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, but it's fun, you know, we're able to to kind of like use our ability as a collective and use that to our advantage. Uh, I would say that we do have other members in Melee Stats other than me, Ambie, and Edwin, of course. Um, but we might be the most focused on the videos at the moment. Uh, and it's really cool because, you know, Ambie can make his videos and they feel different than when Edwin makes his videos. Uh, I... Ambi and I wrote the script for Michael Bananas, uh, and I feel like that has a different feeling than the other stuff as well. I, unfortunately, I have like a two or three scrapped uh, scripts that had to get shelved for one reason or another, um, which is kind of unfortunate, but uh, stuff will be coming out in the somewhat near future. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool. Like, I think each one of us would be able to succeed on our own, but it's when we all come together that we're able to really make those best videos. You know, uh, the Mewtwo King, uh, when Mewtwo King lost to Bowser, uh, I believe I was the one who, I don't think I came up with the title, but I might've helped with the title. Uh, and Ambie came up with the thumbnail. And it was one of those things where Ambie and I went through the script with Edwin. We uh, edited it and did some proofreading. And it's like when we can work as a collective like that, it doesn't matter who starts the ball rolling because we all have these very specific talents that are able to like kind of, you know, chisel the marble away uh, to get to the beautiful statue. They are beautiful statues of videos. You complement one another with an, with an E, complement one another and help to make it, well, better may not be the right word, better than if you were doing it on your own that might not be the right way to phrase it but that the teaming up aspect helps to do something that you probably wouldn't be able to do on your own one way or another maybe it's not a better or worse thing but it's just something that's a unique blend of all of your voices going into one project for sure it's uh you know if they're the lennon and mccartney then i'm the george harrison uh and I, and I guess the Ringo is the collective other people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this didn't really work out. Let me let me try this one more time. So I think I might have changed my mind. I totally forgot about this, but I really enjoyed this video when it was first put out. The Hanky Panky video. The greatest yeah. Melee player nobody knows. That actually might be my favorite. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. What so were, the, Do you remember your involvement with that one? Yeah, so... Uh, that was the one that we really started to become a collective on. Yeah. It's really cool how this entire video thing started because this was not kind of like the podcast. It wasn't something that we really had plans on while we were, you know, a collective of friends, a group of friends. Uh, these all kind of came about pretty organically. So the reason why, the, you know, the first video we made was um, Prince of Boo versus Plop. The reason why we made that was because we have something that's been running for a few years now uh started in 2019 it's called either melee madness or Mar melee march madness we've used both names for some reason bad branding on our part but that's yeah that's on my uh, that's on me <laughs> um 
but you can find the brackets like we would we would take the first year was the top 64 or top 70 because they're playing matches top uh you know bracket of the best melee moments and then the next year we did the best upsets and while we were figuring out the seating for the best upsets andy made a claim that prince abu over pluff was a number one seed it was a top four upset of all time and all of us thought he was crazy and in a way to kind of prove us wrong or prove himself sane um he like wrote a whole script on why this set is important in its unimportance right and that became the blueprint for everything we've done this idea that melee you know we care so much about the dumb sets of melee that don't matter but maybe there's some something there right there's importance in the unimportance of melee uh, you don't have to have the two gods playing or the two best players in the world to see what makes melee great. What makes melee great can be in any tournament, in any venue, in any part of bracket. Um, so when we came around to the hanky panky one, that was the first one we did as like a collective. Edwin wrote the script, and then I was like really like nailing him on some of these things. I was like, come on, we got to make this perfect. Uh, so I did some heavy proofreading and editing and then Ambi came in with his some thoughts as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take any credit for that. Edwin wrote the thing. Uh, he produced it. it. I'm so happy that what a second video, right? To show that we're not just this fluke. Uh, it's great. It's got a great tone to it. It feels different. And yet it's amazing. You know, Hanky Panky was a player who even in 2016, 2017, we always loved him and have been talking about him for years. So to be able to write like a whole video was, was just like a child at a playground or whatever. So and that I'm was so a happy very to hear that, experience. that because these are, these are videos. They obviously have a nice amount of views there, you know, good on you all, but it's, it's something that you, you can take all of the, you might you might want to call them useless information tidbits in, in your mind, but you turn it into something that is consumable to other people. And it these 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 videos in particular on the Melee Stats YouTube channel get around and everybody who doesn't care about the melee deep dive quite as much as the melee stats crew, the collective, if you will. I mean, you do keep saying that, so I should I should stick with collective. But <laughs> you you get them into this video, and then all of a sudden, they're the biggest hanky panky fans ever. I found hanky panky on Twitter afterwards. Turns out they're only interested in posting pictures of this this fast food meal. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, that was one of the things we had to figure out how to put his raising canes uh, love in there, and we did it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. we could have we could have made a whole twenty eight minute video on how much he loves raising canes, but uh, maybe he wouldn't get as many views. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, okay. All you would need to do to make it a twenty eight minute video would be one second hard cuts to each tweet each tweet yeah ever done or even a half second you can still probably get 28 minutes out of it yeah i wonder so like uh, something that we didn't really expect um was the impact that we would have on some of these players it's because you know if you are a smaller youtube channel you make a video on mango 
this doesn't affect Mango, right? Like, you are not canonizing Mango. You're not making a dent in his reputation. Um, even if you add something new and fresh, that might not be the case. But for something where, you know, we are, are really lucky to have 200, 3,000, 200,000, 300,000 views on some of these videos. Um, th- that number of people didn't care about Hanky Panky or Prince Abu or Michael or Banana. Like, so what we are doing inadvertently, we didn't realize this, but we're kind of like creating new players and sets to like get canonized in a way. I don't think that, you know, anyone's ever going to say Michael versus Bananas is, is a great set. Um, but I think like <laughs> people who might not know that much about melee, maybe they only know the top 20 players or so might have a part of their knowledge be the fact that there was like super weird set where no one hit each other. I don't know. Because that's the potential ugly side of melee is someone who is so competitive that they'll do the literal anything it takes to win that that's what you get yeah i mean it's just interesting because when you take a small player like that you can kind of create their narrative and and that's like a kind of a scary thing as well um i have to be cognizant that i don't like make a video that uh (laughs) calls someone like a horrible player and then that's all they're known as but it's really cool. This is something that was one of my favorite aspects of doing the podcast was that we could talk up any player we wanted. Uh, a really funny example is early in 2018, I drummed up enthusiasm for Zamu because he beat, oh man, I'm trying to remember. I think it was a tournament called like Wonderland 7, and he beat Shinobi. And another good player from the South, maybe Iori. Uh, But like two players who in the general world, no one cares about. And I'm seeing a third player who no one cares about. And I'm just like all in. Uh, And you know, what's funny is now he's a top 50 player. Someone who I kind of called from the start. And it's really cool to see players who might not get attention, get attention through our podcast or through the tweets that we make, you know, those daily tweets that uh, Edwin Budding has been doing on the Melee Stats account. I love Uh, those tweets. That's so cool. It's an amazing thing. If you're a player who has been grinding, uh, it's really hard for people to take notice, right? But if you have someone who says, oh, this player beat these two good players last night on a stream that had three viewers, (laughs) it's like super good for these players. Uh, It helps the whole ecosystem out, right? Absolutely. I think that it is, if I were someone who were, who was grinding to be a a good player, if somebody, anybody that wasn't within my specific sphere where they know me, I know them. If like a quote unquote stranger or just a member of the community goes, Oh, Hey, I see you over there. So I forget on you. I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's It's so funny. That's like this really hilarious part of it is, you know, this, this is less of an aspect uh, because we are, you know, it's slippy, uh, it's online. But I used to watch so many streams of locals, like I said, that I would recognize these players by face. Uh, we always talked about, like, how funny it would be to do a video of just walking up to some player who might be, like, fifth in their small state or whatever, <laughs> and just, like, go up to them and talk to them about their results. 
someone who obviously <laughs> like they don't get interviewers but it's just like hey that was really cool you know when you beat reeve recently <laughs> um, that would have been amazing if you could like catch someone like uh, an example that comes to mind is lsd only because when when i spoke with lsd hearing about like being in north and south carolina and maybe those weren't especially south carolina not really being sh- super strong in the grand scheme of the melee scape but like just the <laughs> going to uh like a regional down in that around that area maybe in georgia or wherever or florida and going oh hey lsd i see you you beat so and so the like a few weeks ago good on you for doing that <laughs> the the one big regret i have on this um because i did do some stuff similar to this especially if i was at an event i was drinking um that's just a case for me to go up to someone and think i'm funny and like be like oh hey uh you know whoever actually i did that with wasabi and then i started that was like how i started to talk to him more was because i saw him at an event and i wanted to talk about how he got jv5 <laughs> oh no <laughs> he got jv5 by son the ices player and i would have to talk to him about it uh because i had some faderade uh jungle juice some might call it uh and you know sometimes it's like he he was a great sport he thought it was really fun shared some alcohol with him and uh someone who i then later had on the melee stats deep dives podcast uh i think it's like super funny when that kind of stuff works out but the one regret as i was saying is i was on the boardwalk of the jersey shore and i saw clutch a new jersey player a marth player who he New Jersey's so weird. You can be really good and not be PR'd, uh, or you can be PR'd and like all your wins are from the New Jersey PR. Like it's it's super weird. Uh, but he went to a tournament, Major Flavor, like two or three weeks prior, and beat all of these top one hundred ish players. I think he got a couple, maybe one or two top one hundred wins. And I was just like, how funny would this be if I just walked up to him? I was like, hey, Clutch, good uh, good job on your run. Like major flavor, wow, you did a great job. But uh one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do that. Oh, that you didn't do that. Oh, okay. I sorry. didn't do it. No, I was with my family and I had to I was looking for someone. Like that was not my only goal was to just wander around the boardwalk hoping I oh, find yeah. <laughs> some melee player. I'll just walk on this boardwalk and hopefully I'll see someone, uh, you know, clutch or someone else. Who knows? We'll, well see. I think and... like a year prior, I was on the boardwalk and I was just walking around. It was a nice day. Uh, and I checked Twitter and Scar tweeted like three minutes earlier about how great this pizza place on the boardwalk was. <laughs> and he like took a picture of him at it. <laughs> and I was like, huh, Scar's on the boardwalk now. How about that? Um but I didn't like run after him or something. <laughs> or maybe that's a regret. Maybe I should have. <laughs> I think that's what happens to like really like we're we're talking about people within melee, but I think famous people like have to deliberately not take selfies with fans or like be too terribly specific about where exactly they are because then people just find them because it is yeah. social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing that that melee can learn from in a way. Uh, I think we're kind of lucky to have pretty down-to-earth fans but sometimes when you get to the gods uh it's just like a whole different game i think like top player worship is a little weird especially compared to some people say compared to the fgc um they might be a little more chill with their top players but we kind of like put them on a pedestal so i don't know maybe something to learn from 
Perhaps you would know better than me about other FGC communities because I, I'm not really super involved. But the one thing that I think of is I know that, first of all, Melee is, is about as old as any relevant esport game out there. And then people, even people for, for other games that are at the top that are ranked players or that, that win tournaments and events don't have the longevity Mango's been playing since 2005 or something and competing since 2006, 2007. You know what I'm getting at. Now it's 2021 and Mango is still competing yeah. and has built uh, the the narrative of his story and has a lot of Twitch subs and all that fun stuff. Mango Nation shout out. But maybe that's that's part of it. Maybe the fact that we decided to call the five best players the gods. Like Part of that is probably unintentional but then it creates someone who or a group of people small but very vocal group of people that are yeah that that just take it too far yeah i mean so it's actually kind of funny because the five gods of melee is based on the five gods of 2d fighters uh traditional fighters uh which were five japanese players who this was in the era of like maybe alpha two alpha three third strike cvs um cvs two like that type of era of fgc and some of them the cool thing is that some of those players are still active today uh i think it's daigo and takito are the two big ones who we all know sako is actually i think the oldest player to win a fighting game major i think the guy was 40 when he won a tournament in like 2018 or 2019 for Street Fighter, uh, Onoki or Nuki or whatever is still one of the best third strike players. And Haitani, I think, has been ranked on the latest PGR, the PGR for Street Fighter. Um, so, yeah, it's like really funny. You know, we based the five gods off of those people and they're still around. But I don't know. Maybe we just got a little more weird with it. I feel like we kind of worship them a little more. And to just to make that sort of a, a lesson learned coming out of this, we obviously love to for the top players to to give them props because these to get really good at melee, I hear them the the top players talking about how much they have to play the game every day, more or less, you know, taking breaks, but having to commit so much time. So that deserves recognition, but yeah, there's still people and and it goes to everybody in the in the melee community. Like we're all people, we should try probably just you know be respectful, lift each other up, that sort of thing. But uh, not take it too far. Yeah, that's something that I, I think any online community needs to learn. I think the melee community is so welcoming. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like uh, a specific subsection of the community that that has had no issues with being in the community. But it, it's just something any online community needs to learn that that everything. Every post you see, every video you see, uh, anytime you see a character on screen, there's a human behind that. And and I think you know we could all learn a little more from just being cognizant of the humans behind the things that we might kind of make fun of or or you know deride. Yes, and I don't know if we'll ever cure Twitch chat, but. <laughs> Uh, we can only do try by by taking steps forward. So, I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask you a little bit because this this is interesting to me because I would feel like maybe if I were taking a guess at you without having talked to you, 
and I didn't think this beforehand because I, I, we didn't really talk a whole lot leading up to this. I appreciate, you know, you responding to me when I reached out to you on Twitter about hopping onto the podcast, but I wasn't sure whether or not this would be the case with you, but I wanted to ask, and I think I already know the answer, but you're saying you're talking about the top players possibly being like over glamorized and, and being personified into something that they're not like we forget the human aspect of it, but you yourself are someone who deep dives so, so hard and passionately that wouldn't the best players of the game garner the most amount of that, that fandom or like the crazy side of it from your, from your own perspective, you wheat saying, Oh my gosh, Mango is, or Mewtwo King is, Armada is like yeah. God's gift to humanity sort of a thing. But it, it doesn't necessarily sound like you feel that way. No, I, I think you kind of see the man behind the curtain in those scenarios, right? I think all these players are amazing. Um, I, I think it's so crazy. And we've been so blessed that we're only now seeing top players take a step back. You know, Armada retired a few years ago. Um, Mewtwo King is not really playing Melee, but when you think about it, they've been playing for so long that we're so um, like amazingly uh, gifted by the fact that we're only seeing this now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is when you interact so much with Smash, I I don't tweet, I hate tweeting, but I do go on Twitter, <laughs> uh, so I'm all in that whole sphere, uh, and sometimes you will see people just go a little too crazy kind of paint these people in a way where it doesn't, they don't feel like humans. Um, I think that's kind of, it's hard because this is like Twitch culture, right? Uh, you can't really be a huge Twitch star, huge successful person while also being like a normal, well-adjusted human. <laughs> so I think it's kind of a shame. Um, but I don't know. I, I think these players are amazing. I think that they deserve props. I don't think it's necessarily on them so much. If if any, you know, if top player worship has gone too far, uh, it's just on people who are not seeing them for what it is. You know, which when you get into Smash, like you, it's the biggest thing is sports, right? The biggest uh, um, parallel. But the difference with sports is that, like the twentieth best player in melee probably is working like a day job <laughs> uh and definitely not the same with the nba or something oh certainly uh, not absolutely so I, not i think it takes a little bit for people to see it for what it is you know like we have done a lot of great work to build this up as an amazing spectator sport uh with huge venues and big tournaments uh, we we try to like puff up our chest a little bit and pretend like we're this huge thing. And that's amazing. You know, that's melee. Sometimes it's melee at its greatest. Uh, every time I've went to Genesis and sat in that auditorium, watched top eight is an amazing time. But that being said, when you go to those events, you also have to understand this isn't not only is this not the NBA, this is an overwatch. This isn't league of legends. Like we're not anywhere near these people. So we have to kind of treat them with a level of respect that we would give to fellow players as opposed to these like tippity top players who are untouchable, right? Yeah, I, I like what you're saying. That that makes sense to me. And to your point, most Melee players, vast majority of Melee players, even the ones that are top 100 
top 50, top 20 aren't able to just live solely off of melee. That's it is it is a little top heavy because it's a still a grassroots operation for the most part. And and a lot of people are more aware of that than ever because of the cease and desist for Big House 10 last year. Yeah. But that what that just all means is that as you get more involved with the community, perhaps you first show up because of either awesome content or a live event that you watch because of a friend or, or whoever that that sort of brings you in. But then starting to learn the the man behind the curtain sort of analogy that you had where it it is magical and that spirit of melee is very alluring but we're all still people that sort of make that happen at the same time yeah you know we love to talk about how anyone can enter a tournament right you know if you are you it could be your first tournament and you might play mango or leffen or hungry box in round one that's people's stories that's happened to so many people in the community and that's such a cool thing but the other side to that right this this is two sides um if that's the case then we also have to give them the same respect and treat them in the same way that we would if it were a different round one like the fact that we all need to go to the same tournaments is part of the reason that makes us a close community and we have to say that way right if if we're not a close community, then I don't know if we're surviving another 20 years. Without letting that be too foreboding of a thing, I wanted (laughs) to, sorry, I wanted to just quickly say all the lessons that the community continues to learn and mature is that I feel like there has been a slight shift in the direction of Hey, everyone deserves a place at the at the table, if you will. Everyone should have a voice to to be to be welcome in the community, to be safe in the community, to be able to like if if something's either off or whatever, to to feel like that they can share. Uh, and then for the players or community members that are well known, not to try to give them such a such a pedestal that like you somehow you somehow are like controlling that almost in a way like. Oh, you said something that totally doesn't match up with my like vision of you as a player or whatever, and and then just tear them down as well because that that's yeah that's when it gets nasty because people lift somebody up but then are like almost excited to tear them down at the same time. Yeah, don't want to yeah don't want to head in that direction. But I think that that we are learning those lessons. It's not a, a fast process, but I I feel like that that does happen and is happening it's a slow shift but it's an important one right um we don't really gain anything from dunking on people who make mistakes as a community but we gain a lot from uh taking those mistakes in stride and exploring why they were wrong right um the only issue with that is that (laughs) like if people do abuse that that then that's an issue right um i don't know I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I think I wanted the community's to tra- great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going. Community's awesome. <laughs> I didn't I didn't wanted to make sure that you did sort of a or that we sort of landed on a more of a high note because the 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 passion is still there for melee. You you just recently wrote a really great article and on the pgstats.com website 
And one of the things that you were talking about was sort of your the, the, the a few highlighting a few players that you noticed thought might make a, a jump upwards in 2020. I know one of them was Sunsei, or at least I'm recalling that Sunsei was one of the players where you said if offline events continue to happen, there's no pandemic. Sunsei might have made some real waves because mm-hmm. based on based on the first three months of 2020, it was a really well written article. I I enjoyed reading it, so I, I say all this to anyone who's listening. Please go and read it as well. I wanted to ask you about the current state of Melee and then going forward with the fact that we're still in the online world. And although we are possibly looking at that coming to a close, I think that as much excitement as there is, I, I at the very least have, have some, slight, some slight concerns uh, about the safety of all of that. But... To, to all that to say, if you want to look at it from the pandemic's angle of things, if you want to look at it from the Smash World Tour side of things, or you as someone who still very much enjoys watching Melee, looking at all the players that you can, what do you think of the current state of Melee, and what do you think of what the rest of 2021 holds for Melee? So I think this is a good question. Uh, and this is also kind of a chump check. This is going to see how well you uh, you researched me. Because this question has a lot to do with stuff that I've been involved in. Um, you know, you talk about the PG Stats article that I wrote, of course. That's good on you. Uh, but going from the pandemic to real events, or you know, what, whatever, whenever that might be, or whatever real events might look like, is going to vastly affect... Uh, some of the most important things that I've I've worked on. Uh, I am a seeder. I'm a, I'm a tournament seeder. Uh, if you have watched Melee, there is like a 90% chance you watch a tournament that I seeded. And also I am, you know, me and Practical Tass uh, are the ones who do the lion's share of the top 100. So these are like huge things, right? You know, how are these going to be affected by the pandemic um, the end of the pandemic or whatever the winding down, whatever we, we might want to call it. And I think melee is in a really lucky spot right now. Um, we are blessed to have this passion. Like the passion is recycled through the community uh, where you have people who see the passion from other players, other content creators and want to, do the same thing. I know you said that. Uh, this is the re- you know part of the reason why you wanted to start this whole podcast um, was to like kind of do something. You know, you see how much people love it, and you want to show how much you love it as well. So we're lucky we got Fizzy uh, to create one of the best things that Melee could have gotten in rollback, and we're healthy in a way that other scenes might not be. Like if you look at other games that don't have developer support. Or even something like Ultimate, which has a tacit developer support where organizations can do stuff for Ultimate and Nintendo won't really bat it down, um, which unfortunately Melee doesn't have to the same extent. Like, we're, we're healthy in a way those other communities aren't. So I am cautiously optimistic for Melee's return, be it late 2020, uh, early 2021, you know, whatever we want to say. And as far as Smash World Tour goes, uh, the other part that I'm in, uh, part of, I'm 
you know, one of the ones who's leading the panel for deciding who gets to make the cut. So, yeah, I mean, I better better pay attention to all this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was vaguely aware of all those things, but I want you to speak for yourself. I don't want to just go, wait, you are this, this, that, and the third. And you're just sitting there going, "Uh uh-huh, sure, yep. All correct. All right. Good for you. You did your research, but where were you going with this? <laughs> no, I mean, those are, hey, I love that. I don't got much clout in the community. So if you want to say the things that I did, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll let you, I'll let you speak for yourself. Honestly, I, I like to think of it as I want to do like a half amount of research, not so much that I know absolutely everything because I want to learn yeah. with the audience, but I wanted to at least be. I wanted to have a good reason for reaching out to you because this is one of the themes that I really like to get into with people that have come on is what do you think of the state of 2021 melee and where do you think it goes from here? And it's, it's usually a little bit different per person, but what I appreciate from your vantage point is how you are more involved with the side of melee where it's talking about rankings. It's talking about the selection process through that smash world tour panel and it's a it's an enormous responsibility i i certainly don't envy the tasks that you and the rest of the panelists have in that but i i love hearing your your perspective because of the experience that you've had and the roles that you've had in the community maybe not the ones that are the most focal or that everybody sees and is actively paying attention to but something that i love hearing about no that's i mean that's the idea um if people knew that i seeded this tournament where they thought they were underseated Oh yeah, uh, I don't want to oh, no. get added. I'm like so super happy. I think I have like 600 followers on Twitter. Uh, that, that's where I want to stay. I'll you know, be the little puppet master for all the stuff that doesn't matter, and and no one can get mad that they were seated 34th instead of 32nd. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of melee, I am optimistic about what we have coming because not only do we have in-person events, we have the added bonus of rollback. Right in our minds. Rollback was just something to keep our ourselves busy until land melee came back. But really what it is, it's the option that if you want to play melee, you can live anywhere in the world and probably have a relatively decent way of playing it with someone else. And it means that we have the ability of spotlight players who are not able to travel. Uh, one of the biggest things that melee had kind of a blind spot in was if you wanted to be top 100, you had to travel to multiple events, which that's cost a lot of money. If you want to go to a major, a flight to a major is not cheap. A hotel at a major is not very cheap. And you have to do that a couple times. Like if you go to one major a year, you're not going to get in contention for top 100. So you have to do this maybe three or four times a year. Um, and that's hard if you don't have a steady job that's hard if you're in school that's hard if you're a minor and yet if you want to enter a rollback tournament obviously having a computer having good internet connection um is a privilege in some areas but it's definitely a lower barrier of entry uh and because of that we're going to see people who maybe couldn't go to genesis before but because they showed how cool they are. They showed how good they are. Uh, I am optimistic that we're going to make some stuff happen. Like if if you have a player, uh, some 17-year-old in Indiana or whatever, 
and they start popping off. I hope that the community would, you know, try to fly them out to a big term or something. I'm so excited to see how melee interacts the LAN and the rollback. Because I think rollback is not going away. Oh, I I agree with that as well. I guess one of the stereotypical questions, and I try not to put anyone on the spot so you can answer this as shortly or as or long form as you want to but i think the biggest question throughout the love the life of rollback has been why hasn't there been rankings for rollback specifically and i think that i think that part of that answer just to try to show you that i i appreciate the nuance of this this is not me being stupid about asking about that that Ranked will eventually come out for Slippy, and that will be a very good functioning way to make rollback ranking work without a without a community panel making those kind of decisions. That whenever that whenever Fizzy and the development team for Slippy is able to push out the ranked uh, the ranked option for Slippy and online rollback, that will be something that's good. But I think that a lot of people still, even to this day, are curious or maybe more than curious, slightly upset or, or excited or whatever, thinking, well, why isn't there rollback rankings led by a community panel? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of funny, you know, so uh, Practical Tass and I both agreed at the beginning that we are not doing any online uh, results. You know, if we have to make a top 100 off online results, then that's not going to happen. And that was before Slippy even came out as as a rollback um, way of playing. But it's funny you mentioned, like, why hasn't the blank happened? Uh, and I think the answer to that is, why not, right? Like, PG is not going to do that. Uh, and if they, you know, they're not forcing us to do that, that that's incredibly great, right? Uh, but there's no reason that anyone else can't do the same thing. Like what we're doing is we're very lucky to have the pedestal of SSBM rank, uh, uh, which was, you know, Tafo's creation uh, and the pedigree of the PGR to give us this sense of credibility. But there's nothing stopping anyone else from just doing the work and, and saying, here's I had 20 people, you know, I gave them a ballot and they came up with this. Here's my version of a top 50 for rollback um that like melee's whole ethos is that if you want to see something you might as well do it let's go i love that answer so much it it makes me think about how like you said like we were saying already i wanted to have this this idea of someone talking about melee from the perspective of someone who kind of is just like a true scrub and that's me that's that's my role right now and that's what I set out to do. I didn't want to set out to make a, a rollback ranking, but to your point, it's so true. If you really want to see it, you can just go do it. There, there isn't anything realistically. There isn't anything stopping you from doing that. Yeah, I mean, melee is so amazing in that sense, right? It's one of the, you know, if, if we want to talk about, we don't have Nintendo's any bit of grace from them. Obviously, that's not a great thing in a lot of ways, but through the past couple of years, we found out that there are a lot of good things that can come from this untethered life that we live. And I think it's, if you want to do something, there's nothing stopping you. And we've seen people have success through that, right? Like I've made so many friends because of my life in melee, 
going to melee tournaments, um, seeing people from melee, talking to people online. And that all started because I wanted to learn more about melee and I didn't see a great avenue for everyone keeping you know, track of, of what was going on. So I wanted to start keeping track of top player stuff. And that led to me. Every time I go to an event, you know, I, I meet all these new people. I, I make all these new friends. And it's all just because at one point I wanted to do something. Like, you know, we, we see uh, we see so many people succeed in Melee and throughout because they just want to put their mind to it, right? Uh, Slime, you know, one of the people who I met through Melee who I'm closest with He's obviously huge now, but he started just writing articles. Uh, it was like, why your main sucks or something like that, like <laughs> 2015 or something. It, like, That's if awesome. You, it's like so small in his little world now because uh, he's obviously so much bigger than that. But yeah, he was just a Colorado guy, just like a University of Boulder student who was just writing about melee on this page that probably got maybe a hundred views. Uh, and it's just the ability to kind of keep at it. And if you put the effort in for the most part, the community will respect that. I think if you're, (laughs) you need to kind of get through a growing phase. If you're in certain things, unfortunately commentators, uh, you're not allowed to be bad at any point in your life. Like you have to be a great commentator from the minute you get on a mic or, or else you'll get attacked. Um, but other than that, I think most people would be nice. If you just like really show ambition in melee, which is maybe not something we'd get if Nintendo had its hands in it. Right. Does this happen in street fighter to the same extent? Who knows? Well, not me. Cause like I said, I don't really pay <laughs> attention to anything street fighter or the other fighting games no offense i just i'm all i'm all in love with smash and man i'm taking no offense to this <laughs> i didn't i didn't have anything to do with street fighter so i didn't create it <laughs> I'm not i wanted I to care. ask one more one more question if you'll humor me I, I really appreciate the time that you that you've set aside so far it you mentioned about plup over sfat for 2016 and I, I'm remembering now you talking about that, you talking about Genesis, loving those those events. I believe, if I recall correctly, I wasn't as tuned into the happenings of Melee back at Genesis 5, but that was the one that Plup won, is that correct? Yeah, Genesis 5, Plup won uh, counterpicking Stadium twice, which is a hilarious thing to think about. There's, it's this like huge win, uh, and yet somehow... <laughs> It's like a like something that should never have happened. Not him winning, because uh, he's an amazing player, but it's really funny when you look at it. He shouldn't have been able to go to stadium twice. And yet the annals of history will never forget him winning. And I wanted to hear your perspective because you were someone who you knew who Plup was as early on as as can be expected of anyone, but especially you. You you're like you said like we've been talking about following melee players very closely seeing plup win that was that was that a proud papa moment or what what was your feeling <laughs> as you were watching that live in that room um you know so i was not there 
Wait. Oh no, I'm sorry. I went to I went to Genesis six and seven. Uh, I did not go to Genesis five. I actually watched Genesis five top sixty four in Ambie's apartment. Uh, it was just the two of us, and we got a bunch of twisted teas or something, and it was a great experience. I mean, Genesis five, especially top sixty four, had a couple sets that were nail biters. Um, but yeah, I mean, Plup is an interesting one because by the time I got into the scene, you know, he was a top 15 player. Uh, and as I really get into it, that was when he first started to switch to Sheik. So as I'm learning more, he's improving. But yeah, I mean, definitely there's moments of people who I see as good players and they pop off. And yeah, that is a proud Papa moment. Um, I don't love to reveal the tournaments I see. I mean, I don't know, kind of cavalier about it. But, oh, uh, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. No, I'm not no, trying to no. dox or anything. No, it's uh, it's a fun story. At um, SmashCon 2019, we were uh, me and Algebra one two three two three zero, who is like I said, you know, I mentioned Dark Genesis and Stock as people who know everything. Add him to the list. Uh, but we were seeing the tournament, and i saw that he had kevin his opinion on kevin maples was a little lower than what i thought and i had to kind of bully him to put kevin maples up and i was like no he's really good trust me so we we bump him up like 10 or 15 seeds and he's seated to play s fat <laughs> uh and as you remember he he made a big upset uh like this kind of unknown kid i don't even think he was ranked in maryland at the time or virginia um and he beat s fat and then at Shine, he beat Calvar and Toussaint. So it is fun and that's to a see. Great video. That was a great video made by Savers Untitled on, on, on Untitled's oh, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great video. It's, it's just really fun to see these players. And I know they're good. And I have faith in them. And they consistently impress. Of course, I mean, the other end is that I've done this for so many people. And then they've not continued. Um, <laughs> There's but, always yeah. the next one. <laughs> There's always, I mean, like Moki, I was a big fan of Moki when he was like 96th or whatever on the top 100. Um, I was incredibly excited to see him raise to, to the level that he is now. Uh, Sunsei was the player who Melee Stats loved because he would always go game five with literally any player in the world. He could play Hungrybox and go game five and then lose and then he would in like a heartbreaking way and then he'd go game five with some random person. Uh so when we saw him get ranked, that was a huge win. And look at him now. Like he is whatever you want to call this is top 25 level, even top 25 level, whatever. But he is, he is performing at such a high level now. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. There's a, a few different setbacks in the, in the, I think it's a hand injury that Sensei is currently dealing with, but excited to see whenever Sensei can come back to play in these rollback events for sure. For sure. Yeah. He, he is a super fun one to watch. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time here. I want to give you an opportunity not to plug your Twitter. Let's just leave that alone. But <laughs> what else would you like to plug regarding the collective of melee stats? Um, so obviously the big one is follow us or, or sub- subscribe to us on YouTube at melee stats. Uh, we are, I mean, it's a bit of perfectionism and on my end, I think a bit of, of laziness. Uh, so we haven't released a video in a little bit, but there will be some to come, uh, by the end of 2021. And 
one i don't want to give too much uh away about this one but there's one big one there's one that we're really excited about that's going to take a little while to finish up um but follow us on there uh hey how about this follow follow my friends on uh twitter uh ambi sinister underscore and uh actually don't follow edwin i don't follow edwin so (laughs) i'm not gonna tell other people to do that uh yeah i mean those are the big ones uh i'm gonna get like publicly censured uh by edwin budding if i don't mention that melee stats has a patreon (laughs) uh i'm not gonna make anyone join it but if i don't at least acknowledge its existence i'm in the proverbial doghouse if you have the means if it's something that you feel so led to do that is an option and that's yeah like you said now 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 we all know absolutely (laughs) um yeah i mean there's gonna be some cool tournaments coming up that uh i don't know i i wouldn't say i have a hand in them but i've got a finger in them let's say I'm, i'm doing something involved uh so I would say be on the lookout just for some cool events that are going to be happening in Melee at some point in the future. And I'm really excited for the, I don't know how much you're involved with this, you don't have to say, but Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition. There's Content Creation Friday, and then it's Saturday and Sunday, like brackets and pools leading up to the final day, and exhibition matches. It's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to that. It's going to be here March 19th, sooner than you think. Yeah, they they do a great job with that. I'm not not involved, but I'm not going to take any credit for anything it does. Um, yeah, just the deer, just the the biggest uh, shill that I have. The biggest plug is to just watch melee and watch things about melee. Uh, you've done such a great job of cherry picking these people who are kind of unsung. Uh, I think the wannabes uh, have, make a lot of good content about melee. I think Austin Melee is pumping out content. Uh, and it's like such a amazing way to get into the game because they are able to give you like bite-sized little chunks that you want to know, but they're well-researched and they're like actually what melee players think. It's not some, you know, uh, <laughs> like whatever. They I do. understand what you're saying. An I don't even remember. Source. What's the, yeah. Yeah. What's those top tens, like something Mojo or whatever. It's not one of those. Watch it's Mojo. Like, yeah. I, or gaming Mojo, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Actual good content. Uh, turn down for Walt, obviously. I think right now we're in a really great position where melee is surviving. There's so many melee tournaments and people are making their love for melee known. So the one plug to end them all is just watch Melee. Let's go. Shout out to everyone that I can't remember. I'm not going to remember everyone that, that, <laughs> that we shouted out. But that's, that's what I love about you. You are not quick to talk about completely all you things. Give me dat wheat. But thank you so much for coming on to Bottom of the Smash Mountain and for giving me like such great tangents and topics and interview stuff. It's all great. I loved our time together here. So once again, it wasn't too long on. It wasn't too long, right? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm a, uh, you know, that's the podcaster brain of mine. I'm like, man, if I had a guest who ran on for an hour and a half or whatever, I'd be a little mad, but I'm glad that you're a little more welcoming. <laughs> Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition.
Woo, we made it. Y'all still here? I wanted to give another shout out to Brentos, friend of the program, and is a wonderful person in regards to how nice they have been to me so far with being on the podcast for an interview and just giving me some recommendations and some feedback. Brentos, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I wanted to bring up the Chandy versus Tafo set to wheat while we were talking, but it never came up at exactly the right time because, I mean, I had it in my brain. I was like, I want to bring this up. I want to bring this up just to get wheat's opinion on it or you get it, but I forgot to over the course of the interview. I guess that's not super great move on my part. I am still learning how to remember anecdotes and bring them up just in case. Or maybe maybe it's my version of also saying there's the right time to bring it up and then you don't want to go back through the conversation while you're in a conversation and be like, oh, by the way, 10 minutes ago we were talking about, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still figuring it out, but I wanted to mention Chandy versus Tafo. If you look that up for a Melee set on YouTube, it should come up and just treat yourself. Anyway, shout outs to Brentos. Thank you so much for being a listener. As you have told me, you listen to most of the podcasts, so thank you so much. And I guess I should also shout out the rest of y'all. This is the 30th episode and it's been a wild ride so far in terms of how many podcasts I've done. I did not initially think I would have done 30 podcasts by March 10th, but here we are, and I am enjoying myself so far immensely. And I'm looking forward to more interviews that are coming down the line here. Looking forward to continuing to get to know people's origin stories from Melee and their perspectives and having other people on. And I'm looking forward to trying to cover a tournament here or there. I can't be on Wheat's level with player player analysis, but I, I, I respect that so much. Wheat, thank you so much for being on again. I do appreciate it and sharing all that stuff about about how passionate you are about following player storylines and how they do against other players. That's just amazing to me. So shout outs to Melee Stats. And like Wheat was saying, if you feel so led to go to the Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash Melee Stats, you are more than welcome to. No one's going to get upset at you. They're all going to be pretty excited about it, I would imagine. So <laughs> you should at least go to the Patreon and check out the last tier. <laughs> of give of of support that you can give hey that's up to you but if you want to i don't think they're gonna say no after all it is there (laughs) anyway let me think yes i was basically trying to say thank you all so much for listening thank you for being part of bottom of the smash mountain either by way of having been a guest and listening to subsequent episodes or if you have heard of this somehow and are listening and have been listening thank you so much for all the support and we'll catch you next time how about that what does the cow say Moo. Moo. good job what does the kitty cat say Ow. good job what does the doggy say <laughs> woof, woof. good job can you say linguistic specialist
to say. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.